0: Hello, and welcome to the 32nd episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we're your Queen Bees. This is our first episode recording remotely. Yeah, so bear with. Yeah, I feel weird about it. Same. You're on like a little, my little baby phone screen. (laughs) Well, I have you on my large computer screen, so. That's smart. Well, and that also, I feel like I'm very distracted right now by what's going on on GarageBand in front of me. Um, maybe I'll move. No, I don't want to do that. It'll be very rustly. Well, you know what? My notes are also over, like, where looking at you is easiest. So, really, I should just ignore the computer in general. And... Okay. I took no notes, so <laughs> shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> um, well, I moved. I'm in yeah. my new house, um... It turned out great. I'm really happy with it. I'm really excited about your podcast corner. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I'm a little bit bummed because our Wi-Fi doesn't seem, like, my Wi-Fi definitely works in there, but it was messing up our connection on Uh (laughs) FaceTime, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to move to the living room where I'm right next to it, I'm not going to have any more problems, Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely, I, like, have some pictures of us together in there yes and i have my bookshelf in there and i have my fainting couch in there good good which is my main favorite thing about my (laughs) house is that i now have a fainting couch all my own Mm -hmm. a dream of mine yeah brendan cannot sit in it no well it's kind of funny we went to (laughs) we went to home sense uh we were looking which by the way is like basically the exact same thing as home goods and is also owned by the same people that owns home goods and TJ Maxx, but okay. it's just, it's just more airy and spacious. Mm. There's literally no difference. They say sell the exact same stuff. It's just set up better. Well, why no difference just, in price. <laughs> why would they not do that then with just every store and make every home goods just roomier? I don't know. I think it's like they have a higher ceiling. Like I think that's literally the only difference. <laughs> So I was gonna say I feel constantly at risk of like knocking something over in a home goods. Yeah, it just felt like more organized. That's anyway, nice. so we were going to go pick up my fainting couch and I showed Brendan that and he was like, Oh man, I wanted that for my office. And I'm like, Since when? <laughs> like it is the girliest couch. So anyway, there is a second one at Home Sense, which I told him if he really wanted it, he could <laughs> also get one for his office, but I don't know whatever It's where you can have meetings Well I was like why wouldn't you want I I keep pushing him to try to get two chairs for his office Because I'm like I think that will be A better Situation Like if you ever come to meet with anyone It's like Mm -hmm. you can sit in your office A rolly chair and they can lie on your Fainting couch like that's weird (laughs) I don't know Whatever I mean what are you going to do but I feel like we have a lot to report on since the last time we recorded. You uh, met the author of Call Me By yes. Your Name. Yes. Oh, my God. He could not have been more of a delightful, sweet man. He was... Oh, my God. I was so prepared for him to be, like, kind of a pretentious asshole because he wrote, like, a really I, lovely book with, like, Dante references. I would have expected him to be a little bit of, of an asshole. Like, douchey, writer horrible but he was so just like kind and like he just also had I felt like a really admirable outlook on life where it was just like he just doesn't sweat the small stuff like they kept like the frankly I didn't feel like the interviewer did a very good job Mm -hmm. like I thought that he asked like very surfacey questions um I kind of expected a little bit more of an intelligent conversation from the library of Congress, not to say Mm. that he wasn't a smart man, but I think it was like, I don't know. It just felt very much like the commercial conversation about call me by your name. And I didn't know that there was that much appreciation for like his gorgeous prose, which I don't know how much of that I would have really wanted to listen to, but a lot of it was like, um, so, what were Army Hammer and Timothy Chalamet like? I was like, what do you. I mean, I do want to know. I would like to know that. But the I, I did not expect that question to be asked. <laughs> that is a question that we wanted to ask in the interview line. Yeah, or like, did. Like, were you upset when they changed things in the movie? I was like, what? And I, I mean, mean, luckily he was like, no. Like, you know, what are you going to do? They're making a movie. And I liked it. It's like, what a sweetheart. And then he said he didn't care about pirating. I know. God bless. Because <laughs> literally everyone I- in the audience went, oh. <laughs> well, that's like Bruce Springsteen. Like, you know, so similar. <laughs> those two. Um, but he... Was always like, I don't care if people come record my concerts and sell them. Like, who cares? (laughs) I make enough money. Yeah, he doesn't care. But Audrey, like, the sweet baby angel that she is, got my book signed since I was unavailable to be there. Oh my God. He was so delightful about it too, because I was like really rehearsing what I was going to say to him. As you did. Um, yeah. Well, I just didn't want to pan. I told my mom beforehand, I was like, I feel like this could go one of three ways. One is well, the second way, <laughs> the second way is that I will get so flustered that I won't ask him to sign any books. The third way. Like you just shake hands and walk away with both books. So nice (laughs) to meet you. Um, um, Or that he would say no to signing the second book. Or the third way was that I would get so flustered that I would forget to ask him to sign your book or panic and not ask him to sign your book. Um, Which I was like determined to not allow happen. And then I saw a couple people ahead of me in line with multiple books, so I was like, "Okay, this is probably fine." But Grace and I honestly got in there like pretty close to the front of the line, which was great. Um, but also, it didn't give me a ton of time to mentally prepare myself. Honestly, though, probably better, probably for the yeah, best. It was like, good. You have yeah. less time to be anxious about meeting him, and right, it'll be probably more natural. Yeah. So I went up there, and I was like. Um, you know, I gave him a big smile. I was like, Hi. You, you look know, beautiful in the pictures of meeting him. You <laughs> Thank look you. like delighted. Um I was like, you know, so He nice looks meet delighted you. too. I know. He was such a little sweetheart. And so then I like pushed the second book toward him. Um well a lot of people were like asking for post it notes so they could like write their name and like a message that they wanted, which I felt was a little presumptuous. Um, like please Wait, just they suff- were so they were so Great, you can hear Brennan's phone ringing in the background. <laughs> off the hook. Uh, it was one ring. I should <laughs> count my lucky stars that he's on top of it. But um, so they were not offering that? Well, like the, the women that were kind of organizing the signing were offering post-it notes to people. Okay, so it was part felt, of it. Yeah, but I still felt like it was very presumptuous of someone to ask – for more than like two Audrey. And I was like, I don't even need that. I know it's my book. And like it doesn't You're mean like, it. this has a book plate in it. <laughs> yeah. I know it's mine. Well, I also thought that he would sign on the front cover, like next to our book plates, but he Like flipped. the title page? No, he signed the title page. I, I thought he would sign like the jacket. But like it's a paperback book, so I guess that was weird to think the, that he would the do jacket? That. Like, I thought he would sign, like, when you flip over, like, when you open the like book. Like, the first page when you open Yeah, the like, book. where our yeah. book plates are. I thought that's where he Oh, like, so it. you, oh, I see, I see. So I thought it would be, like, Property of Audrey Schultz, Andrea Simon. I thought he would have signed, like, if you're looking at the book, like, the right-hand page when you open it. But, like, you still open a page. No, no, you don't turn the page. Like, I open the book, there's your book plate. Mm-hmm. On the left, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then he signs the right page. Yeah, That's that what also I thought. would have been reasonable. But he signed the title page, which I was like, that also adds up, makes sense. That it does make sense. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway, so when I pushed the second book toward him, I said, you know, sorry for bringing two books. You know, my um, my good friend and I, we talked about your book on our book podcast, and he like lit up and looked at me ah! like clearly wanted to talk about it more. But like, there was a little, very long line. And I was like, you know, and she wasn't able to come tonight. Um, so I brought her book with me for you to sign because we just really loved it. And he and then he like there was like a beat where he waited and then was like, you know, some people bring stacks of books for them to sell on eBay. And it was like he had finished up <laughs> signing and so I knew I should kind of get out of there. And I so I just looked at him and I was like, Well, you know, what are you going to do? And then there was another beat where I started to walk away. And he goes, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> what? what just, is a like, light. just a joyous man. Just, like, truly enjoying life and the world. And I was just really refreshed by meeting him. Yeah, that's lovely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that now that I've moved into my new, new house, like, my dreams have been pretty vivid. <laughs> so, and one of them happened to involve our our boyfriend Timothy Chalamet, or Just Timote, so however Timote, Timote. <laughs> um, basically, like he was a camp counselor.
1: Oh, all and right. we
0: we were campers, <laughs> but like, and we were like, listen, like we know who you are. You can't hide it from us. What we, was it, like, some lust camp or something? Like <laughs> no, it was, here. like... I mean, no, it was, like... It was, like, basically, like, my back roads trip. Mm-hmm. Did, that, could, did you hear my thing just go or no? No. Okay. I, I just got a text from my mom, so I wasn't oh. sure. So I heard it, but glad you didn't. No, so that means probably hear. it's not on the recording. But anyway, um... It was, like, kind of, like, my back road trip where, like, he was, like, the leader and, like, we were on the trip with him. Ooh. And we... <laughs> Um, We're like, listen, we know who you are. Like, all we want is a selfie with you. (laughs) And he was like, oh, you know, no problem. He's like, but don't make it obvious. I don't want other people figuring out who I am. Was he, like, in disguise or just, like, not famous enough? (laughs) No, like, I just think that, like, he was out of context. Like, I think that people wouldn't Mm. have known that their camp counselor was also the illustrious Timothée Chalamet. Right, so, absolutely. So I had that dream. I had another dream that I, like, somehow became the prosecutor of the Golden State Killer case. Ooh. And was also doing it in front of the Supreme Court, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg was really nice to me and was like, I'm just really proud of you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much. That's like the Queen Bee Book Club dream. It's like, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet selfies and Ruth Bader Ginsburg approval. <laughs> and then last night... I had a dream which I emailed my co-workers that my like f- four there so I guess so my three friends in the office we okay it actually it starts out weird in that we had a co-worker who now works exclusively remotely in Ohio and mm-hmm. in my dream she had a pet octopus that she kept in the office and it mm-hmm. told me like I want you to take care of my octopus I'm like yeah that's checks out sure <laughs> well it was getting like really dried up kind of like it was like too dry in the office and so what we did was we threw like a foam party mm. and <laughs> like so the octopus could play in the foam which like okay and then <laughs> um one of our other coworkers like we didn't get caught like the foam i guess cleared up magically but then one of our other coworkers told on us so anyway snitches get stitches if if these dreams are any you know clue for what I have coming forward and then like in this new house like great I can't wait to go to bed again <laughs> like it's been great it's so fun so fun I think my body's probably just like so overwhelmed with like mm-hmm. move and like emotions mm-hmm. anyway so that's been fun Yeah, that's great. Should we talk about the book? Yeah, we can talk about the book. (laughs) Um, I'll be honest, like... So I read, like, the last 50 pages while I was here in Boston. Mm -hmm. But the first 50 pages, like, I read them, but I I kind of don't remember where we start. Like, what is the beginning of this section for us? Um, The first note that I have um, from what I picked out in the book was that Ted was, like, sneaking out letters to the press. Oh. Which I was like, oh, how fun. So the, the whole... He's been in trial now the whole time that we're reading, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Ugh, Ted. Which, like... So this is the part where I feel like we get the impression of, like, oh, Ted Bundy's kind of fun. You know, where you kind of, like, forget... I think this is where I got the idea that, like, oh, like, Ted Bundy, like... Probably not going to bother me that much. Like, you know, what a fun narcissist. Well, I was think... also like a horrible criminal. But then like when you're confronted with like the horrors of what he did, you're like. um oh. Well, I also think that like what. What like what he's known for is being good looking and like I honestly didn't really know that much about the crimes until mm-hmm. I read this book. Right. Like I knew that I knew that he killed women with center part hair, but like yeah. I didn't really know how violent the crimes were, and I right. didn't really know, like how many there were. Yeah, I knew he like lured women, but I definitely didn't know that they were like beaten to unrecognizability, which like it's incredible to me. Like during his hearing about whether or not he'll receive the death penalty, that his um. Public defender has the audacity to be like, "Well, the first blow to the head rendered them oh unconscious. Oh my God! I so know. it's not really like an overly violent or horrible crime." It's well, like, are you serious? She basically argues that the death penalty should be for people who like should be for murders who've caused people to like really suffer. like like, or like "Um, torture people and it's like um I'm sorry (laughs) his crimes were heinous like what he did to those girls at that Kai Omega house and also like you just you don't nobody knows were they really asleep when that first blow was hit like I don't know how they can testify to that the other women that he killed were not asleep
1: but I guess he wasn't
0: he wasn't on trial for those though that's true but also though, he the other woman in the Kyle Omega House who didn't die, they certainly suffered quite a bit. Yeah. Well Anne never lets us forget that Cheryl wanted to become a dancer. I know. She mentions it like several <laughs> times. I'm like, yeah, Anne, because that's the real tragedy here. <laughs> Cheryl couldn't dance. I mean, not to mention, Cheryl can hardly walk because she has no balance. <laughs> and then let us not forget, she wanted to be a dancer. And okay. she also can't really hear. Yeah. Either. Like, she can hardly hear the judge, so she has to move sides so she can hear him. Poor Cheryl. I know. Um, <sighs> Anne is continuing to send Ted money while he's in jail. I, I guess, like, I was hoping at the end of this to to feel more understanding for and, and mm-hmm. this whole thing. And I, I never got there. I feel like I kind of do. Cause there are moments I feel like of clarity where like, there's the moment of when she's confronted with the crime scene photos and she's like totally sickened, but it's like, you didn't already have that feeling before, I guess. Like what did it really take crime scene photos for you to be like, be confronted with the horrors of what Ted had done? Well, and I think also, like, the idea that there were good parts of Ted, like, that's why he shouldn't get the death penalty, is, like, he has so much potential, like, that just doesn't add up to me. Yeah, it's like, so what? I, I, like, I just don't care. I mean, I, my relationship with the death penalty is, like, kind of complicated. Like, normally I'm pretty strongly against it, but in Ted Bundy's case, like, he'd already escaped twice. Yeah, and he and clearly cannot be re- rehabilitated. He, no, there's no way he can be re- Well, and she's, she also is kind of arguing, like, oh, we can study his brain. It's like, guess what? It takes forever to execute people. You have plenty of years to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. It clearly did. They kept, tr- like, he kept getting all those appeals and stuff. I mean, it takes, a, it takes a really long time to actually get there. I mean, when was Scott Peterson convicted? And, like, he's still, like, hanging around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, like, there's another moment where she admits that she realizes, like, oh, I definitely like, much like Meg and much like Sharon, um, I was definitely a woman that Ted manipulated and used for I was glad she admitted that. Which I was like, yeah. You were. Yeah, <laughs> she was. Um, but it still was, like, <laughs> there was that whole part where she offers, like, her kind of reading of Ted Bundy. Which I felt, like, was really misguided. It was like, Ted really liked the finer things of life. And yet... And I was like, yeah, it's a pretty big and yet. And it wasn't even like, and yet he was a vicious murderer. It was like, and yet he had a complex relationship with his family. Or, like, something along those lines. And I was like, what? Well, he's a little bit like Lord Voldemort. Did we talk- I feel like <laughs> we talked about this also with Charles Manson. But, like, he has this idea that his father, who was unknown to him must Mm -hmm. be this like amazing person and he can't possibly have come from (laughs) anywhere else except for like a prince Mm -hmm. and like when he when that is like when that illusion is shattered then he like somehow can't recover i don't i I just don't like 100 percent get it yeah well and also i felt like his her reading of like his, like, relationship to women was, like, women were to be used, but they could also, like, humiliate you. I don't know. I just was, like, I feel like you don't actually, like, you're not reading, like, what's in front of your face in terms of, like, these horribly heinous crimes. Like, he clearly hated women for what they could do to him. And it was clearly, like, what a fragile ego you have that it's, like, you hate women just because they could tell you you're not good enough for me. Right. Like, that's really what it seems to be stemming from. And I feel like she wanted to make it about his parents and that he was an illegitimate son. And I just don't know that that's really... I mean, I guess if he was killing people before Stephanie, maybe. But I don't know. Well, and I guess, like, we kind of don't know... Like, in this book, at least, we don't get much about... Like was Ted Bundy murdering pets in the backyard? Mm-hmm. Like we don't know that. And so it sort of is like, did he have these tendencies and this personality like from day one? And and like and I and I think Anne, you know, to her credit, does say, like, you know, it's not Stephanie's fault that Ted no. that Ted is a sociopath, like but Stephanie's rejection like brought out all of like this horrible stuff that went along with that like sociopathic personality. And I don't know. I guess I just, I know you don't care about the like childhood serial killer stuff, but like for me at least it helps you make sense of like, is this something you were born with and like, mm-hmm. or is this something that was developed in your life or like what, like where did this come from? Well, I'm definitely interested in it. I just don't like it when it's like five chapters of the book. Like so, no, I just need it to be one. Because in this book, like, we don't even get any sense that there was anything off about him as a child. mm Well, I also feel like, I don't know if you would agree with this, but part of me, especially, like, skimming the afterwards, Which I did um, not do. <laughs> I only did it because I was bored. Um, but I feel like this book was written too quickly. Like, I think it probably, what, I, think, I think she must have been on a very fast deadline. Yeah, because it just... Well, and obviously she couldn't have known and the publishers couldn't have known um, that he would offer some confessions um, before he had the death penalty. And, like, there's no way to know how long it would take for the death penalty to actually come and whatnot. But it just seems like I was realizing when I finished, like, the proper... Like, the book proper, I was like, well, this is not hundred percent like the Ted Bundy that I'm that interested in where like I was I liked the book and I was interested in it but like what I find the most interesting is when he they like have him in jail and he's willing to talk to the FBI about like his process and like you know like getting to be like make it about himself and like his confession tapes and which I, I, like I did li- I did listen to the confession tapes
1: I He sounds nothing
0: like like I expected. I know. He has this weird, like, craggly voice. Well, the thing was, was that I thought I couldn't tell the difference. I thought he was the cop asking me questions at first for a while, and I was like, like, "What? Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah." I, I also. I thought that he was going to have that, like, weird accent that everyone kept talking about. Like, where was that? That was for enticing women. Only. Okay. Because Americans feel safe around British people. I mean, I do. I know I do. <laughs> me too. Um, it's like, how dare you use that against me? <laughs> yeah. I don't I guess for me, though... I don't know that I necessarily criticize Anne Rule for that, because I just think that that's a different book. Like, Anne Rule's book is about her own personal experience with this killer. And so, like, that sort of reaches beyond her purview, Mm -hmm. I guess. Because at that point, I don't think that she continues to really be involved in his life. Well, like, there was some letter writing... Yeah, no, she does. um, Because after... after her book comes out, Ted writes to her and he's like, I see you've been profiting off of me, oh, um, Ted. Please, please send, like, X amount of money to Carol Ann Boone, my wife. How much does he ask for? I don't know. It's, like, a couple grand, though. Okay. But not that like, he's not, and like, she's asking like, for millions. No. And, like, she, like, considers doing it. I'm like, and? No, I don't know. No. I don't know why she does not She does send him yet. like 20 She does send him like 20 bucks for cigarettes though. I'm like enough. I just think <clears throat> that I, I don't understand She has to know and she does admit to knowing at this point that like all of the kindness that he showed her was a facade. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Like, I don't, I don't don't
0: know know why he continues or like she continues to let him be a part of her life when, like, I think like usually in all the TV shows or whatever, like once they realize, once the women realize like, oh my God, he literally never loved me. And this whole thing has been a manipulation. Like that's the moment they can break free. It's like, Mm -hmm. and why has that not happened to you? You didn't even have a romantic relationship with him. (laughs) Like what is the hold that he has on you? Yeah. Yeah. I I have no idea. Um, I mean, she does say, like, he helped her in, like, a really hard time in her life mm -hmm. and, like, seemed to, like, give her value and stuff that she felt she was lacking. But I'm like, Ann, like... (sighs) Didn't the cops also do that for you? Those gems in the Seattle PD? (laughs) Speaking of gems My favorite character in this book is the judge On his case Holy crap that guy is I love him so much A complete gem I love him except for when he was like I do feel like this is um, a tremendous waste Of a person Where I was like no Because he he said that he liked him But I was like I feel like You're being manipulated No but I think he also Sentenced him to to death though I That's guess true. like I think, like, him saying that, like, I think this is a waste of a person and I think, like, you could have been a good lawyer was more to show that he's not – I mean, Ted was very hard to work with this whole trial. And I think that it would be very easy to bring a case that says this judge, you know, had a vendetta against me. Yeah. And so I think, like, he also sort of says, like, let's be clear, like, I have no personal malice against you. But I'm upholding the jury's verdict, and you will die. Sorry. Take care of yourself, buddy. Like, yeah. I love it when Ted's complaining that it's just been all like too exhausting, and he needs a break, and he's not coming out that morning. Oh yeah. (laughs) And the judge is like, I've been in here every minute that you have, and I'm as fresh as a daisy. (laughs) And then he would just say, "Bless your heart," to everyone. I was like, what a delight. But to everyone. And, like, like he would help them phrase their questions. Like, I think what you meant to ask is. <laughs> I know. I also laughed pretty hard, even though I shouldn't have, when um, the sergeant or the lieutenant, um, what was his name? Um, uh, Ken Katsinkis, Katsaris. I can't even read my own handwriting. Not Ken. Sure. Um, sergeant Ken. Uh, He's reading the the indictment, and Ted, like, keeps interrupting him, and he's like, hey, Ken, what do we have here? An indictment? I'll plead not guilty now. It's like, (laughs) and it's really funny, but it's also just, like, it's so clear in that moment, Ted, that you are a sociopath and that you did it because if any normal person or any non-sociopath were like, can, like being accused of brutal murder, they would be totally terrified. They would not be, like, cracking jokes to the reporters. But I also really like the idea of this, like, gruff police officer and, like, Ted's, like, pushing them out of the way. <laughs> like, like, what do we got over here? I mean, it is going to be such a fun movie. I know. I mean... Who would you cast as that judge? I would cast, cast um, Buddy Garrity. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, just for the viewer, I am currently praying <laughs> to the heavens for that. That would be amazing. Uh, I hope imagine? one of the cops is Kyle Chandler. Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> God! We just started season five of Friday Night Lights last night. Oh, Vince. I just love how in the beginning they're like, oh, we wrote out several characters. Like, let me tell you what they're up to. One woman is on a cruise casino or a casino (laughs) cruise or something. The barbecue guy is franchising, so we will not see him the rest of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, FNL. Julie's going to college. Hopefully we never have to see her again. Oh, you will. Oh, okay. She has a... A real fun storyline this season, let me tell you. I, God, she is one of the worst characters in television history. Yeah, and that's why they give her those awful bangs. Because they don't want us to like her. Uh, What's wrong with her bangs? They're stringy and weird. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Her bangs never offended me. It's her whininess and her horrible attitude that offended me. Like, how dare you? a jerk to Tammy and Eric Taylor I, I mean why can't you see that you have the best parents on earth I know who only want to love you I know I, like at the end of the episode it ends with um, Kyle Chandler and <gasps> what's her face playing um, ping pong in the garage mm. before she goes to college so sad I did not like the storyline where she dropped Landry off at a strip club for his last night in town. Oh, I'm like, me neither. Yeah, why don't you spend some time with him? Like, <laughs> g- grab a milkshake, go out to dinner, or something. Like, you know what? <laughs> I did love that um, Grandma Saracen like, oh, listens to Crucifictorious music on her iPod. Which is the worst band in history. It is so. She's bad. like, I got it right here. I was like, oh. How far we've come from season one where she tells Matt, you need to get some new friends. Oh my God, did that happen? (laughs) Like literally episode one, she like looks at Landry and she's like, you need new friends. (laughs) She was also another very annoying character for a period. It was like, I remember (laughs) when she would come on, Brennan would be like, ugh, not this, not this storyline. No. I love that she like adores Coach Taylor. Like that's always a fun Oh, yeah, that like, is fun. There's a season where, like, Coach Taylor has benched Matt for quarterback, and she, like, tries to glare at him, and Coach is clearly so- – he, like, walks up to her at the grocery store, like, clearly oh, expecting, yeah. like, to be fawned over, and she's like, I'm mad at you. And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> Coach T. So hot. ah, oh, so hot. Um – Another moment I enjoyed in the trial was Ted's outrage that he thought that the psychologist was for the defense and it was for the prosecution. Whoops. And he was like he's like, Oh well, I told him all this stuff, and then he's up there using it against me. <laughs> Sorry, Ted. You dummy. I also think like his behavior during the trial is likely also what probably got him convicted. Yeah, like I'm sure all the jurors were back there being like I mean is there like enough concrete evidence maybe not but he was a full on weirdo I mean I think that maybe for the 70s I think that there is enough concrete evidence I think the tooth thing is like pretty solid I googled that and apparently it is a largely debunked science now no way the dental stuff Yeah, because I was reading that, and I was like, hmm. Well, they said, like, your dental records are, but, like, bite mark evidence is largely debunked now. That it's, like, there's been, like, several convictions overturned for having been used bite mark evidence. Even though it seems legit. Well, but I think also people always get identified by their dental records, right? Yeah, but that's their general, like, their actual teeth. But, like, apparently, like, it's very easy for different teeth, like, it's possible for teeth to make impression. Like, it, that's about, okay. like, biting down on something as opposed to, like, using the physical teeth. Because it is true that your teeth are unique, but it's not true that your bite marks are unique. Okay, that's fair. But I also think that you could definitely rule the majority of people out using bite mark evidence. I think maybe, but I think they were saying, like, if you bit down and, like, even moved a little or something, like, that could change the impression. I mean, true. But I think that they also had, like, several things on the specific dental thing. That it's, like, he has a chipped tooth. Like, he has this mm-hmm. characteristic. I'm not saying that we should throw out his conviction. <laughs> but it did. I was like, mm. Well, and I think also at this time, like, we didn't really have solid DNA That's going true. for us. Whereas, like, obviously the DNA would have linked him. Well, it is a miracle to me that anyone got convicted of any crime before DNA. Like, first of all, caught in general. And then second of all, like, found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, but I also think with Ted Bundy, like, he wasn't careful. Like, he, He's pretty careful. He never left fingerprints. He didn't leave, like, hardly anything behind, ever. Yeah, but he, there were, like, a hundred eyewitnesses. That's true. I mean, I, like, I just think that, I think ultimately Ted Bundy wanted to be caught. I think so, too. Otherwise, well, and also, he probably wanted to die, because even Ann Rule pointed out, like, why on earth would you have run to Florida, which has, like, is, like, the buckle of the death belt. Yeah, I mean, why would you run to Florida, and also, why would you deny the plea deal? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he, well, he was so cocky, he thought he would get off, I think. Yeah, but he also fired every single defense attorney. But I yeah. also I would also argue, though, that his behavior with his defense attorneys could have been used, like, later on for an appeal. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's like, well, I never really had effective counsel. I also think um, if you're a public defender, defending someone you know is guilty, I think allowing them to defend themselves is a really great way to absolve your own guilt. I don't think that many people actually go through and defend themselves though. It's it's the true I know. special cream. But of the it would crop be so. <laughs> it would be that. such a dream that like if you're like now I don't really have to now I just have to make sure he doesn't get railroaded. Well, and so many of those people just want it out. Yeah. Yeah, I it, being a public defender, like you have to respect those people because some of those cases, like you have to do your best. Like you have mm-hmm. to do your job. And well, sometimes I mean, doing your job means like getting people off who really shouldn't be. Yeah, you also have, like, an insane caseload. Yeah. And so, like, you're not able to really effectively defend the people that really need your counsel, too. Right. And you're getting paid no money. It's quite the uh, which the like, the, donation. <laughs> well, and I think the thing that's frustrating about Ted Bundy is that he's running around town drinking really nice wine on other people's credit cards and, like... <laughs> So he's living this like super lavish lifestyle. And he's like, actually, I have not a dollar to my name and I will need a public defender. <laughs> it's like, that's because you never got a job. Like, it's not like you weren't capable. It's like, I just don't like working. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. Well, and I, and I, think I just that, wanted to drink French wine. Okay. So, and I think he realizes <laughs> that like, after his escape, like there's no, like he would probably not have been caught if he had just like kept it together. Yeah. He would not have been found. I mean, all he had to do was just get a job and, like, live the straight and narrow. And he, like, couldn't even do it for two weeks. No. Another interesting detail in the afterword was apparently a woman that was in the Chi Omega sorority when Ted Bundy attacked. She was, like, in the house that night, called um, Ann Rule after the book came out. And she was, like... I just wanted to talk about what happened. I think, like, and Anne, like, asked her a bunch of questions, and she was like, I think, honestly, like, he'd been kind of, like, casing the house for a while, and, Well, because hadn't he been at a party there, or was it at a party down the street? It was probably a party down the street, because unless the rules change significantly, like, sorority houses aren't allowed to have parties at their house. Okay. Um, because we're ladies, and we're supposed to be dignified. Um, (laughs) Right. Which, like, is a sexist rule, but it also keeps the house clean, so it's fine. I mean, honestly, I, like, hosting parties is horrible. Oh, I think it's fun. <laughs> Cleaning up? Yeah, that's not great. I think it also depends what kind of party it is. If you're yeah, hosting, say, like, heard... a dinner party with a dip for your friends is different yeah. than, like, having a Halloween party with a million people that you don't know. Yeah, and people spill red wine on your carpet. <laughs> exactly and then just leave <laughs> and you don't even know who they are because you didn't even invite them because now it's just like a wild like yeah. open house although i shouldn't be too much on my high horse because the last wedding i went to i spilled red wine down the back of the photographer on accident at least it wasn't the bride <laughs> and i continue to blame it on quentin's younger brother because he and i were dancing at the time and we both just ran away so you basically were exactly the type of person that we were just <laughs> <laughs> condemning five seconds ago. You just can't deal with those consequences. Um, but I talked to Quentin's mom after the wedding, and she said that the um, he was able to get the stain out. So, but why does she say that he was casing the house for several days? I mean, I believe it, but she just thinks why she that, think that she thought. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, she thought that because he did it so efficiently and like he would have had to have kind of known the layout of the house in order to um do like, it so it, efficiently yeah yeah and like know when like know their schedules a little bit um let me see if i can yeah i feel like i bracketed it um oh yeah so she said he had already scouted it out that afternoon i think for some reason, we were all gone Saturday afternoon. Even the house mother. The house was empty for a couple mm-hmm. hours. When we came home, the house mother's cat mm-hmm. was acting spooked, and its hair was standing Ew, on oh end. It ran through our legs and out the door, and it didn't come back for two weeks. Ew! I know. I forgot about that part. Terrifying. <sighs> I mean, that also- makes that makes sense, though. I mean, I think. That is one of the scarier parts about the sorority house scene is because mm-hmm. you just like you don't even know what you're walking into, and he clearly right. already did, yeah, before he showed up, yeah, totally my page number um oh. I just want to bring up that Ted Bundy sounds like the biggest douchebag in some of his letters to Anne Rule. Oh my God, like, he just really is. Um, I just want to read one on page 403. This is when Anne is complaining that she also works in a cell. Uh, well, in a, uh, you know in what Los though, Anne, That, that <laughs> stuff is like so annoying to me. I think I texted you that. I'm like, oh my God, when Anne compares her life at writing a screenplay in LA to Ted Bundy's life in jail. And I'm like, and it's like Ted Bundy deserves literally every piece of shitty things that happens to him and even I'm like that's not okay. <laughs> All right, so this is the letter that he sends her. <clears throat> After he encourages her um to go back and ask for extra money for the extra like couple months that she had to work. He oh said, yeah. At least they could give you mugger money so the buggers don't have to go away empty-handed. You said he lived in a trick pad. Sorry, I can't interpret the L.A. dialect or whatever. Oh, there's the word colloquialism. Does this mean that magicians hang out there? You know, rabbits out of hats and things. Or do you mean? Do you suggest, uh, um, uh-huh, that persons <laughs> that persons get to know each other carnally for a negotiated price? If so. And if it pays better than writing, it would almost have to. You might consider getting into administration. You could apply for a small business loan to get started. Gross, Ted. Get out of here. Also, also if I didn't. received that letter as Anne Rule, I'd be like, yuck. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like, but then Anne like flirts on back. It's like, stop that. I know. She at one point writes to him. Sure, you can give up smoking. You're not under the pressure the way I am. It's like, and he's in jail for his life. Also, he's running his own defense. <laughs> like, he's pretty busy. <laughs> I just, I don't believe for a second that Ted Bundy didn't know what a trick pad was. Like, if that's not what uh, I would call. I'm certain that he would know what a trick pad is. <laughs> Ugh. Also, I want to let everyone know that the uh, uh ahums are in the letter and not my own affectation. Thank God. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. What else? What else? Do we know what his last meal was? No. I do not. I'm going to Google it. It's going to show up that I'm typing on here. God. Whatever. I bet I'm gonna hate it. Oh, also. Oh, he apple. turned it down. Oh, he turned down a last meal, so he was given the standard last meal for Florida's death row: steak, eggs, toast with butter, jelly, milk, coffee, juice, juice, and hash browns. He didn't touch any of it. Huh. I guess they assume that most patients or most inmates want breakfast for dinner for their last meal. I don't know. I'm now I'm on the uh, (laughs) the last meal of death death row inmates page, so I'm like looking (laughs) at them all, seeing if they're uh, John Wayne Gacy. Let's see. He had twelve fried shrimp, a bucket of original recipe KFC, french fries, and a pound of strawberries. He ate all of them? I don't know. he's really so sick. I mean, I guess he died right after that, so. And I guess that um, he had managed three KFCs. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. he, uh. So he he I guess wanted that. I don't know. There's also another interesting detail in the afterword that Meg, a.k.a. Liz, wrote a book of her own after it all happened. I'd be interested to read that. Which I was like, I guess, Anne, you shouldn't have felt like you really needed to um, conceal her identity if she was just going to write her own book. But I guess she really regretted writing it because obviously it made her kind of a target of people asking a lot of questions. I mean, that's what happens. Um, but she wrote in the book at one point, um, that Ted admitted to her that he did in fact try to kill her at one point. What? Um, he put put towels under all the door frames and like tried to like basically smoke her out, (laughs) which is not funny, but I just like the idea like this poor woman is just like loving this man as best that she's able. And here he is like secretly plotting, like. I I don't think he ever tried again, though. He, I guess, decided she was worth keeping around. Great. Jeez. Oh. It's the fire department. I was gonna say, is that, like, for your downstairs neighbor? (laughs) No. I will say that we do live on kind of, like, a busy... For, like, the suburbs, our street's pretty busy. Mm. It's a very wide street, so I think... Mmm. People like to drive down it. Um. Intriguing. We're also very close to a movie theater and stuff. Like, there's stuff to do down here. Yeah, so there are fires to set, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> poor, poor Meg, a.k.a. Liz. I know. But she also, trusted that man. Well, but also, though, she is the reason that he is dead. Yes. So thank you, Meg, a.k.a. Liz. Yeah, and thank you to her friend who wouldn't give up the goat. You need to report this guy, Lynn. Lynn. I wonder if they're still friends. Probably not. Yeah. I don't know. I would hope that um, Liz would have rekindled their friendship. Yeah, it says he had allegedly let her um, asleep in her hide-a-bed after, or left her asleep in her hide-a-bed after closing the damper on the fireplace and putting towels against the door crack. She awakened, she wrote, with streaming eyes choking in a smoke filled room. Yikes. Yeah. Also, the fact that Ted Bundy has a daughter is horrible. I know. That poor girl. Yeah, because apparently Liz um, in the book wrote that she'd asked if Ted, she asked Ted if he had ever wanted to kill her, and he was like, Well, I did try to kill you once. It's like, What? So I guess our assumption that he would never hurt her is not, in fact, accurate. But he didn't try to kill her in the same way. Maybe he just thought that she was getting suspicious. I also think that, like, he did have affection for her and he did depend on her. hmm Yeah. I mean, for as much as he was, like, able to care about someone. Because I think that like his version of like love and affection is just like so irrevocably linked to like manipulation and just bad news that it's like not it's not the same as like a, like a more a non sociopath's version of having love and affection for someone, right. Well, I have to, what did you give this on Goodreads? Okay, so I looked at your Goodreads and, I, okay, so I gave it, <laughs> I technically gave a four, but I wanted to give it a 3.5. Okay. And I saw you gave it a three, but wanted to give it a 3.5. Yeah. So basically we, it was the same. Yes. Um, yeah, because I did feel like, and this isn't necessarily her fault if it was like a rushed publication, but I did feel like it didn't get to like what. I find most fascinating, which is, like, a serial killer talking about their own kind of psychosis and their own, like, which is why when she, like, did touch on the confession tapes, I was like, oh yes, please. Um, But that was, like, skimming through the afterword. And I, like, couldn't listen to all of the confession tapes on YouTube, not because they were freaking me out, but just because he was talking so damn slowly. I was like, oh, just get to the good (laughs) stuff. He was like, I'm just trying to... Do you have a map that I could look at? Because, uh... (sighs) Like, ugh. Ted. Although, that one part where he starts whispering, I hated that. Ugh, I did not get that far. (laughs) Oh, it was in in the first one I listened to. Like, he was, like, basically like, I don't want him to hear it, so I'm going to whisper it. And, like, he, like, starts whispering, and he's talking about, um one of the victims severed heads and how like where he put it and I'm like okay this is horrible (laughs) um but yeah yeah well apparently I read on Wikipedia um which like I swear to god like I can never commit a crime because now they're gonna see like all my Ted Bundy googling like Ted Bundy confessions Ted Bundy (laughs) And I was like trying not to go on any weird websites and I was like where is like the Wikipedia entry about this? But apparently um, he like it was largely suspected that he was like withholding information in order to try to get them not to kill him because he'd be like oh I do know where that person is but can't remember right now. Sorry. Like and he kept thinking like They'll be like, oh, he knows more than what he's saying. Like, he'll confess to more if we kind of stay his execution a little longer. And eventually the judge was like, what you're doing is despicable and you're going to die. It's happening. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, you you can't play that game. Like, you no because, because ultimately he'll never, ever actually give you what you're looking for. No, because, well, and like. Um, I forget, like, it was in the Wikipedia, but I forget, like, who actually wrote this in their article, was basically, like, ultimately, though, we don't think that he ever would have given us all the information that we wanted from him because he probably wanted that last measure of control of, like, being the only person who knew where these women were. Right. I also think that he likes probably the idea that there is some, like bit of mystery. I mean, because like, remember at one point he says like he potentially has killed hundreds of women. Yeah. And like, he confesses to like 30. Right. So it's like, it's possible that there are a lot more people out there, but it's also Mm -hmm. possible that that was misleading. And so Mm -hmm. I just think that somebody like that, that was never, ever going to give you what you want. Like, like he doesn't care if this is going to like help mothers sleep at night. No, not at all. Because um, if he did, he never would have killed those women to begin with, right? Um, well, and he—I don't think I, he feels any remorse. Oh no, 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 not at all. Well, and you can tell just by the way that he's like. Well, he's like, it's difficult to talk about. But it's then, like, no, it's not. He gets like really excited, being like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I haven't, I didn't think about how I, I threw their clothes out a window. Yeah, I must have done that, huh? You're like, ew." yeah but I also find like and I think the reason that I wish the confession tapes were more like I want to know more about them or like more about that process in general just because I find that to be like the most satisfying element to the case because it's like like he just did like it's so satisfying to hear this monster be like yes I'm responsible for these people's deaths and whether or not, like, he's being facetious about some of them or, like, not giving up, like, the entirety of it, it's just, like, it's just nice to have someone admit it. Like, some of these people that, like, insist that they didn't do it, and I'm like, okay, like, like, I wish that w- wasn't allowed. I wish that was physically, like, you were physically unable to deny that you did something, like, you didn't do something you did. I mean, that's why perjury is a crime, but... Yeah, um, but... It's it's hard to enforce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I agree. I mean, I really wish that all people who are convicted would just own up. Yeah, like some of these sociopath guys that are like, or like, what's his face? Not, what is it, Scott Peterson, the one who killed his pregnant wife? Yeah. The one, he's still like, no, I, I didn't do that. Like, just admit that you did it. It's really interesting. I listened to a Generation Y podcast about Scott Peterson and um, basically how some people argue that, like, he didn't get a fair trial. I'm like, don't say that. Please. Shut shut your mouth. Do not say that. (laughs) Um, And basically arguing if there actually was enough evidence to convict him. I think I I think that there is, but mm-hmm. I think it's just hard when like you do go over it with a fine tooth comb, and you're reading it from like, a, like such a detached perspective, where like even with the Manson murders too, I was like, I mean, God, like I'm glad that they got put away, but was there enough evidence? Right. I mean, it's just like. And I think I might just have a higher. I would be a terrible juror. Like I think I just have a higher bar because I have that idea of like, oh no, it's got to be like basically you have to catch them in the act at this point. <laughs> Which like, I don't know. Have you seen that there's that new documentary series about Darlie Routier? No. Argu- I don't even know arguing that, that. Is. okay, she's the woman. I I feel like you probably will have heard of this case. Um they did they did do it on my favorite murder. Um, she's the woman who killed, or who was convicted of killing her two sons, who were, like, very young, uh, and then, like, a week later, it was, like, one of the sons' birthdays, and they, like, went to the graveyard, and were, like, doing silly string and, like, looking really happy, and she, like, courted Mm -hmm. the media. Mm -hmm. I thought that was Diane Downs. No, Diane Downs was the one who, she also killed her children, but she like is a true sociopath and it's very obvious mm-hmm. she was the one who like it, it's a similar She like brought them to the hospital right she like shot them in the back of the car i thought mm-hmm. was what she did and she was like somebody like attacked us on the road and yeah and then she started giving a lot of interviews well and she was the one who also was pregnant like potentially got pregnant during her trial for sympathy mm-hmm. okay but the yeah i do remember this other case too So there's, um, they now have, I think it's on ABC. It's like a documentary series where they argue that she didn't do it. And I like, I'm like, oh my God, like, (laughs) don't tell me that. Because (laughs) everything I've seen has seemed to make so much sense. Like the forensic files and like everything I've heard, like makes a ton of sense. So... If I if that's proven wrong, then like I don't even know anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what's disconcerting. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I am gonna watch it. Everyone should have to tape it. themselves all the time, and have no privacy. So if you commit a crime, <laughs> everyone's you can't DNA hide. should be in the Ancestry.com database for Paul holes to find, mm-hmm. and <laughs> we should all be on video and can account for all of our whereabouts. Yeah, that'll be, it'll be, like, the circle. That's literally the plot of the circle, is that this, like, tech company eventually is, like, um, yeah, everyone should just be videotaping themselves all the time. It'd be awesome. That would not be awesome. No, it would not, because, and they prove it that it would be not, because they basically end up having a lot of trials by media. Well, I mean, we have it now still, but, yeah. Yeah. I am kind of excited, though, to have this book in our rear view mirror. Me too. Um, I enjoyed it, but um, I would like Ted Bundy to be out of my life now, please. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I also, though, like... Comparing this to reading All Be Gone in the Dark, like All Be Gone in the Dark just feels like much more highbrow true crime. Mm. Whereas, like, Anne Rule... Ted Bundy feels like the trashy tabloid. <laughs> I guess. Like, not not in that, like... I don't know. Like, All Be Gone in the Dark almost feels like literature to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, this feels, like, minorly exploitive, mm-hmm. I guess. Which, like, I don't blame Ann Rule. Like, I'm like, good for you. Like, I hope you made a lot of money on this. Which I know mm-hmm. that she did. But, yeah. um like it, it just feels like she might have used her access to Ted for this which yeah. like which like is fine and like there's nothing wrong with it but like it it also just puts it in this tone of like this is like something that people are going to pick up at the grocery store because they're interested. Yeah. And like in like the gossipy side of it, I guess. Yeah. Well, because that it's like, well, yeah, it's like that headline of like, I worked with Ted at a rape crisis, cent- or a suicide crisis center, and like, right, this is my story, and you're like, yeah, dun dun no, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> No, totally. I don't know. I guess, I guess I also just can't, I just don't feel like Anne is straight with us all the time, mm-hmm. either, and that is hard for me yeah well and it's also like because she doesn't have like a ton of hindsight um when she writes like the book proper it's like it's really hard I think for her to like do a lot of soul searching and even in the afterward it's basically like updating us about different things and it doesn't um and it like mentions stuff like yeah I mean I'm always just talking about Ted Bundy these days like I don't think he'll ever really be out of my life even now that he's dead But it's like, okay. You also didn't make much of an effort to put him out of your life either. Yeah. And it's just like not as introspective as I might have expected. She, um, one of my colleagues or my old colleagues, um, saw her speak and said it was like just so fascinating. Interesting. But I think, but it's fascinating in the way of like, oh my God, you knew Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we're reading something where I don't know. I mean, even like even Vincent Bugliosi though, I felt like the parts that were objective or like that like didn't involve him, I thought were like pretty well done. Mm-hmm.
1: It yeah, was just but, when, I mean,
0: those were the parts I liked the best, and then I was like, I don't need to read your entire closing statement, Vincent. Yeah. But I also think Vincent. Gave himself a couple of years. Like that book came mm-hmm. out, I think, like two years after the trial was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you still have like time to reflect. It was still very new, but it wasn't like this came out the day that the trial finished, you know? Whereas <laughs> I, like, I, I get. Or he certainly wasn't working on it
1: during, during the, trial. the trial.
0: Whereas like she had signed a book deal about this before Ted was even caught. Right. Which I think, like, I, and I do understand that that's how she kind of justifies continuing with the book. Because she's like, look, it's not, I'm not fully exploiting our relationship. I'm just following the evidence. And then, like, if I didn't write about our relationship during that, that would be absurd. I also don't even blame her if she is exploiting the relationship. Like, so what? Like, he doesn't deserve consideration. But yeah. um, it's just, like, I want you to be honest about that. hmm Like, if I, if if this was unfolding, like, in my life, I would have been like, holy shit, like, I just landed on a gold mine. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think she's, she's very much like, well, you know, I was just very conflicted all the time. Just just so conflicted. It's like, are you that conflicted? Because you're always siding with him. And you're always sending him money. Right. I don't know. Well, and it's also like, I would have just expected like, even in those moments of, you know, sending him money or something and like, just like a little bit of introspection of like, looking back on this now, I realized that it might've been, seemed insane to be sending him like hundreds of dollars while I was struggling to like- Feed my children. Yeah. But I- But this was, cause that is like a fascinating mindset of like her feeling compelled to do this- even though, like, she absolutely shouldn't feel compelled to do it. And so, like, if she actually, like, kind of investigated her own stuff a little more, I think it would have been a richer understanding. And we might, or, like, we might be able to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of see how you would feel that way and want to still be in his life. And also, you know, no shame in trying to make a little money. (laughs) Well, but also, too, it's like, I... I have to believe that part of the reason why she was sending him money was to keep him in contact and to keep him relying mm-hmm. on her and like if if she said that like she's like listen like I had to keep sending him 20 bucks so that I could ensure that he still kept writing to me and whatever but I think she still writes from it in this way of like I just felt so much compa- compassion and love for him so I just like couldn't bear the idea of him in jail like without cigarettes it's like right? come on yeah I think that's what's hard it's like and because she doesn't make the distinction clear, like, we're not sure. And I don't know. I mean, because she talks in the afterward a little bit about how she literally got hatred, like, from both sides. Like, she would get, like, calls when she went on radio shows about, like, people basically threatening to kill her because she'd been too hard on Ted. And then other people being like, you know, like, you're going to hell for, like, caring about a serial killer. And so she was like, I don't know if she was just trying to, like, not go too much in one direction or another, but it's like, ultimately you're writing a book, book about a serial killer. So it's like,
1: I don't err on the like, side
0: of not being on his side. I also think <laughs> like the number of like, like, I'm sure that there are like Ted groupies who will always side with Ted no matter what, but it's like, those people are not the general population. And mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter what that, like yeah. that they're upset with you. Like you should yeah. not, you should be like, good. I'm glad that those people disagree with me. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't think Vincent Bugliosi was that worried about the Manson girls. I mean, he was more worried about them when he was trying the case. I mean, I would be worried about... When they were genuinely threatening them. I would be worried about the Manson girls just because they have now proven that they will kill for Charlie. And, like, I'm sure Vincent Bugliosi was on his hit list. Oh, he definitely was. He would show. He'd be like, I want to rap with you, but also, like, I'm trying to kill you at the same time and i, I don't know, i also kind of like i kind of liked those parts with like vincent bugliosi because oh me too because vincent bugliosi like also like did a little bit indulge him he's like all right i'll see what you have to say i'm interested <laughs> <laughs> i think he also just figured like if he talked to charlie enough like charlie would be like i totally did it because i think that he would have <laughs> i know i know So, do you you feel like you liked Helter Skelter or this book better? I don't know. See, I feel like this kept me... I feel like what I didn't like about Helter Skelter was the trial part felt really repetitive. Like, I felt like we kept going over the same beats over and over again. And this part, like, I didn't enjoy the trial very much. In this book? Um, Yeah, it just felt, like, a little uninteresting. Um, it also wasn't least... that long though. It was only like, no. So pages. I was like, okay. Um, so I don't know. It's like, there are parts that I enjoyed a lot of Helter Skelter and enjoyed like more than this. And then there were parts of this that I felt like I enjoyed more. I think it's mostly, I'm just like not that interested in like trial proceedings all the time. Yeah. Um, Although the trial's pretty fun for the Mansa murders. Yeah, like, it's like there's a lot of that stuff that was really interesting and very fun to read about. But then it was like, Vincent, like, you have already told us about this witness and what they're going to say. And we don't need to hear about them in the pretrial and in the
1: right. Which I think think
0: obviously part of that, too, it's like, that's the part he knows the best because he was there. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I would love to drag this out. Well, and also as a lawyer, like, you're trained to be kind of like overly thorough. Right. And so I think, like, those were just his lawyer instincts, whereas I don't know why an editor wasn't like, you already hit those points. Right. So. Although I could see Vincent Bugliosi being a nightmare of an author who, like, won't allow. (laughs) Oh, were you there? Because I was there. Right. (laughs) And I think sometimes, like, especially when you have celebrity authors, like, I think, like, your editorial input, like, is not always welcome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although he had a ghostwriter. I mean, I think sort of like that person should have had the instincts also. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I, I preferred Helter Skelter to this book. Yeah, I couldn't say. Like, this one's just like a little more fresh in my memory. So, like, I'm like semi-leaning more toward it. But I did enjoy Helter Skelter a bit. I think I rated them the same, though. So I'm gonna look. probably I rate rated a Helter Skelter lower, but let's see. No, I think you gave it a four. So I rated them the same, I guess. Oh. Well. Was it more of a true four? <coughs> Bless you. Thanks. Um, I gave it a four. Um, I don't, I don't remember. I probably could listen back. You gave it a three. Mm-hmm. It was probably more of a three and a half, though. Yeah, hard to know. Uh, what? Oh, no. Alright, for the viewer at home... My phone just died, I think. Shit. Alright, pause. And we're back. Listen, I thought... Like, I I was at, like, 40 or, like, 45% when you called. And so I was like, oh, I, like, might get a low battery warning, like, in the middle of this. But I'll just, like, run and grab my charger. No big deal. Did not get any indication that I had a low battery. Like, I'm glad that Apple didn't want to interrupt our conversation. I'm glad to. I would have appreciated a little blurb being like, hey. You have 1%. Yeah. Why don't you plug it the fuck in? Yeah, totally. Um... I mean we were near the end anyway, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But um, but yeah, I guess um, to wrap up that path of that previous conversation, I would say I liked Helter a little bit more and mm-hmm. but I think most of that had to do with my complicated feelings about Anne. Yeah. Rather whereas like with Vincent Bugliosi, like he's very black and white. I mean mm-hmm. he's been told what his role is and he is to be against. Yeah. And he like doesn't have a ton of trouble feeling that way based on the Mansons and their antics. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder almost like if there's like any true crime book that would be like a five out of five for me because I like, I really enjoy true crime, but I think like the, my favorite murder version is kind of enough for me where Fair. I'm like, yeah, like I hear the story and it's like a story I can usually tell back at parties. Like, cause my favorite thing to do with Ted Bundy is to be like, Oh my gosh. And like, the woman who wrote the book about him worked with him at a suicide crisis center and like knew him and like would have set him up with her daughter. Like she was that sh- certain that he was a good guy, and like I feel like that's just a great little anecdote to tell at parties. Oh, it's a totally great anecdote, and I and I think it's and also that's like it's neat. It's insane too. I mean, like yeah. that that part of the Ted Bundy story is insane. mm Hmm. Um. I don't know. I mean, I really, I haven't finished I'll Be Gone in the Dark, but I mm-hmm. feel like that might get a 5 out of 5 for me. I'm really mm-hmm. liking it a lot. I'm trying to think if there are any others that like, I would say definitely 5 out of 5. I'm not sure. I do have the Anne Rule Green River Killer book, which I got for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to see if I like her better when she's not writing about a friend. Right. Um, But I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on her. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, we have the benefit of hindsight of like the entire time we're reading about him, we know that he is a guilty, horrible man. And so, but so I like, I definitely understand that it would be tremendously difficult to reconcile the idea that a man that you thought was your friend is actually a monster. But I just feel like it's not once you have that information, I feel like most people are like horrified and they don't want to have anything to do with that person. And I mean, I understand she had a book to write, but like again, like you could be more upfront and acknowledge, I feel like you could acknowledge that rather than being like, "No, no, 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 like I wasn't exploiting us. It was fine. I and just think like, it, nobody thinks that <laughs> right, I just think that like that. That stretched my trust with her, yeah. and and I, and I and it just yeah. felt like in the in the last chapter, or maybe this, yeah, I think it's the last number chapter, she like writes all of the victims' names mm-hmm. and like their status. and it it just felt like disingenuous to me to end that way because I was sort of like, mm-hmm. this has always been about you and Ted it's never been about the victims and so don't try to now make it about the victims because it isn't like this book just isn't about the victims yeah yeah well and like and going back to like us criticizing her for being exploitative like I feel like if this were like an Adnan or a Stephen Avery and it was like a friend going in and like exploiting that friendship that way then I think I would feel a little ickier about it but it's Ted Bundy like, he's a clear sociopath. Like, he's actively reaching out to you knowing you're writing a book. Like, nobody thinks right, that you're doing him dirty. Right. Well, and I think ultimately, like, that's the thing, is he has known that this book was happening for the entire time and he still continues to write to you. So, like, why do you think he's doing that? It's yeah. because he knows that it will make it in the book. And he yes. wants to exercise control over what's in the book. Yeah, and when he writes her later and is like, I see you've been making a lot of money off of me and my story and, like, acting like he's all mad at her for it, and she starts considering sending him, like, a cut or, like, sending his wife a cut, and then she kind of has the realization, like, oh, no, like, I've always been upfront with him. It's like, yeah, that's exactly why you have been upfront with him. So if he did that, you wouldn't feel bad. Right. Oy vey. I just, like, I feel like I almost need like, a psychologist study of Anne Rule now. Like, jeez. I just don't think that she's completely honest. Like, I just... I don't know. Like, I also think it would be a more interesting book if, like, the entire time she admits that she's being manipulated. hmm Rather than once in the last paragraph. Yeah. Because I think that is, like, a more interesting story, too. It's, like, I was a former police officer... I'm an intelligent woman. I'm a mother of three. And still I was under the spell of Ted Bundy. Yeah. And this is why. that also would do a lot of work of like, I'm sure there were so many people when this was happening being like, well, of course, like these stupid girls walking alone at night or like, you know, going off with a strange man they didn't know. Like, you know, what did they expect to happen to them? And like people being very smug about like, right. that wouldn't happen to me. But then she could say, like, literally, I thought this guy was, like, the greatest guy I'd ever met. And I would have sent anyone with him at any point. Right. Because that's, like, how manipulative and charming he was. And, like, and if you didn't do a lot of the victim work that she doesn't do, I feel like that would have done a lot of work to be, like, these women, like, they weren't stupid. Right. And she never says that they are. But I think, like, it's just, like, it makes sense. The way that she presents it, it like makes it feel like Ted Bundy's like just basically shooting fish in a barrel, which right. he kind of was. But like, well, I think a lot of people would be very smug about like, oh, well, I would never, you know, do that. Right, I but although, but I, someone. but I think like, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that I know I would have been susceptible. Well, I mean. I think we might have talked about this on the podcast before when I was walking to work that one day, this guy um, on my street who runs the florist shop on the street, he was like, hey, um, I have some flowers I want to give you. Like, just like follow me to the back. No. And I did (laughs) because I was like, you know, I see this guy all the time. But I, I was like, wait, this could be a murder situation. So I'll stand in the doorway it was broad daylight, and I was like, okay, like, I'll just stand in the doorway. I won't follow him anywhere further than, like, the doorway. Because there was, like, a separate entrance to the back of the shop, like, from the back. So I could have easily just, like, run away if necessary. But, you know, not to say that all women should do this, but he did give me a really lovely bouquet of flowers for free because they couldn't use them for the wedding that they were doing. Um, That is nice. But, again... But again, it's, like, one of those ideas, like, that could have very easily been a situation where a Ted Bundy was luring me into, you know, a right. murder situation. Well, and I think... Because it's, like, sometimes it's, like, I feel like Ted Bundy was the kind of person that didn't always, like, activate that gut instinct of, like, this is not a good idea. Totally.
1: And whereas whereas, I think like, that's what's like that's what's scary about
0: it. Yeah, like some, whereas somebody like a John Wayne Gacy or um, you know an Ed Kemper, I'm sure like. Well, but uh, but like, are you even sure? I mean, John Wayne Gacy was a clown at ch- children's oh, parties; like people were hiring that was, him. That was suspect number one. <laughs> in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, I just think also though. I mean, like, even, like, somebody like the Unabomber, who's a total Mm -hmm. weirdo, like, his neighbors were just like, oh, that's just, you know, that's just what he's like. He's just kind of a, you know, free spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I think that nobody wants to think Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff about anybody that they know. Yeah. And and fair enough. Yeah. Well, and nobody thinks that, like, it's so easy to read a story and be like, okay, well, like, that would, like, that could never happen to me. Like, I would never, you know, do X, Y, or Z. It's like, well, you just don't know. Like, especially if somebody's a sociopath like Ted Bundy, like, he's very good at making it seem like a normal situation. And, like, obviously there were times where he screwed up and, like, people were able to have that gut reaction of, like, oh, this just doesn't feel right. He's, he's looking at me kind of weird. Um, yeah. But it was also interesting. I think it, this was in the afterword as well. Um, where like the FBI or maybe no, this was maybe this wasn't, um, but like Ted Bundy basically says that he was reading the FBI's like profiling stuff and how? Why is that? Why is that available? No, not of him. Oh, okay. But, like, they're like the like the academic articles and okay, okay, oh, okay. Like, okay, okay. Posts, like the like the hunter stuff. Okay, um, and like there was a study done. Uh, about sociopaths and basically it was like male sociopaths the women like you know smart accomplished women were so easily drawn into them whereas men would usually be like there's something wrong with that guy like there's something i don't like yeah whereas like with female sociopaths men were usually the ones drawn in whereas um women would be like there's something off about that person and it made me immediately think of luther and what's her face um oh alice my yes, f- my favorite enough. character <laughs> where like Luther knows she's a sociopath and still is like I don't know something about her. I love her. <laughs> I love I love that relationship though. <laughs> never too. never wanted to stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also Alice is like sort of like a Dexter character. I mean she did kill her parents. Yeah, but they were bad parents. I guess. Like what didn't we find out that she was like kind of like mistreated? I don't know. That's her opinion, though. I mean, that dog didn't deserve what it got, but... Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I Then she just only kills people to help Luther, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just an interesting distinction that it's, like... Also, like, how common are female sociopaths? Not that common, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to... Name that <laughs> statistic as though I've researched it. Not as common. <laughs> Men are much <laughs> more common as sociopaths. Maybe, so maybe it's um. First. How many? What percentage of women are sociopaths? Let's know, let's see. This article is called "Female Sociopaths: Different, but Just as Dangerous." Great. Okay. I this is I just want a quick statistic t- statistic. It's they're rare, it says. Oh. Oh. While more males than females are s- psychopaths, there may be more psychopathic women than we think. Which is probably because women hide it better. Yeah. I don't know. I'll do more research. Get back to you. (laughs) But like Diane Downs definitely is a sociopath. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like that about wraps up the stranger beside me. I feel like we've been reading this book for like an age, but it it also was really long and we did get through it in three weeks, but it just happened that I was on vacation. That's true. For one of the time. That's true. (sighs) I don't know what our next book is going to be. I don't know either. We I discussed one when we were drunk out. at your birthday party, but I have that book at my parents' house, so I would like to wait till I'm back in California <laughs> to do that one. That's fair. Enough. Which is in like one week, but anyway. Yeah. I would say that we could ask people, but if we follow our general trend, we'll decide like directly after we finish recording what to do. And so. Yeah, well. Your suggestions won't be relevant then. I mean, they could be relevant down the line. Sure. If you have suggestions, let us know. Yeah. There's books that you feel like you need to hear us discuss. We obviously want to know about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm just going to stop the recording, but I'm not going to hang up on you. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.